Listening makes us smarter, more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars like Rachel Hollis, David Goggins, and Mel Robbins. Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime, at the gym, while commuting, or on the go, and on any device. We'll always pick right back up where you left off. Audible also offers free and easy audiobook exchanges, credits you can roll over for a year, and a library you keep forever even if you cancel. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. You can get titles from your favorite iHeart talent such as Chelsea Handler, Danny Shapiro, Charlemagne the God, and Bobby Bones on Audible. Start listening now with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash iHeart or text iHeart to 500-500. My next guest, I'm excited to have him on the phone. He's on hold. He's a Super Bowl champion with the New York Giants. You know, once you win the Super Bowl, you're always a Super Bowl champion. You know, when I was now a former, you are a Super Bowl champion. He's the founder of the LCR, which is a digital platform that shares unique perspectives on social and political issues. The LCR has uh, garnered great attention from the academic community regarding its ability to create significant social change. He is a philanthropist and entrepreneur. He is currently a vice president at a publicly traded risk management firm where he specializes in managing, in managing risk for financial institutions and uh, technology companies. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Jeff Pope. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How you doing today? Pretty good. What part of the country are you in, Mr. Pope? What part of the country are you in? I'm, I'm in Philadelphia. Oh, Philly. Uh, home of the, the last Super Bowl champion. So he's like hanging around champions, I'm assuming. That's, uh, that's your brand, huh? <laughs> yeah, I love Philly. I love Philly. Well, you know, I I I I, I love taking the, the seller from um from New York through Philly down to DC is one of my favorite rides I take, and uh, so I'm in Philly a lot. And um, so are you based there for your for your entrepreneur for your back for your, what you're doing in your business life? Why are you based in Philly now? So um, Philly was the last team I played for the Eagles. Yes, sir. Um, and so when I got hurt in 2010, I just fell in love with the East Coast. I transferred mm-hmm. to Howard University. I played for New York for a while, and mm-hmm. I would always come back to D.C. to train in the offseason. So mm-hmm. um, being from Detroit and it being around 2010 when the crash hit, um, you know, the economy was hit hard, obviously, probably right. harder in the Midwest and a lot of other areas. I just knew I wanted to come back out to the East Coast. Right. So I, I mentioned several things in your in your credits. First of all, congratulations on making the transition from what one consider an athlete into the uh, entrepreneurial world because a lot, a lot of people don't see that happening. They don't understand how can that transition happen. How were you able? Did you start uh, as, a, as a high schooler or in college? Did you have the entrepreneurial spirit then? How did it, how did it develop for you, Mr. Pope? Uh, well, for me, um, you know, I grew up in a single-parent household. My mom and grandma um, raised me, which I know is similar to a lot of us out right. there. And so, you know, growing up in Detroit, a tough environment, tough community, you know, they did everything they could, right, to kind of keep me on a, on a straight and narrow path. And so 
Um, I had an opportunity to go to an all-boy Jesuit high school. Mm-hmm. Um, that really kind of laid the foundation as far as like business and finance. And so when I went to Eastern Michigan University on a full athletic scholarship, I really didn't even think about the NFL until I was able to clock a 4-240 and a 40-yard dash. Um, and so from there, NFL became a reality, but I always knew, <laughs> hey, you know. Jeff, come on, stop here. 4-2-4, you just threw that out there like everybody just sprinting. Just out there until I was able to. Now, you, you were fast now. You just suddenly came up and clocked 4 2 there. Why did that happen? That- so, so I never ran track in high school. Right. And, uh, um, you know, I ended up somehow, I ended up uh, talking too much smack and right. uh, ended up challenging uh, another football player who was a senior who happened to be the track star, right? He had mm-hmm. all the records, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I beat him pretty, pretty well in a foot race. This was probably my sophomore he was my sophomore year in high school. And so then it was like, well, look, if he got all the records and he just lost to you, you should probably run track, right? <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so I ran track my last few years of college, and I was able to run some some pretty fast times. We still got a lot of state and meet records, actually, dating back to 2002. But from there, um, that's when I – I knew I was fast, but it didn't hit me that I had elite speed until I was able to beat him. And this kid – you know, he had literally every record in the city in the high school, right? So right, right, right. That was pretty much the blueprint, yeah. So so basically you're a natural athlete. Can we say that? I, it's probably my Jamaican blood, but, yeah, I've <laughs> always been fast. <laughs> well, all the sprinters come from Jamaica now. All the sprinters come from Jamaica. So, so you know, I, I noticed in your bio you said you overcame a lot of diver- adversity, you know, growing up in the – to be where you are at today, and we're going to have two breaks, so I'm going to really get in detail about what you're doing today. When you say adversity, what exactly does that mean? Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, one, I think, you know, not enough people give young people of color coming from tough environments enough credit, right, for making it. Um, Mm -hmm. But two, you know, when I got to Eastern Michigan, you know, I was playing a lot, and I had a devastating injury. I tore my quadricep off the bone, Mm. um, which is, you know, the quad, there's four, obviously there's four parts of that muscle. That's the biggest muscle in your body, right? right? And so, you know, you often hear about ACLs and MCLs. You don't really hear about quads. And so um, they was they was prepared. When I say they, I mean the coaching staff and the medical staff at Eastern Michigan was pretty much prepared to hang it up for me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, say, look, we'll honor your scholarship. You'll never have the speed that you once had. You probably won't even be able to play competitive at this Division One level we ready to hang it up for you. And, and I wasn't ready to hang it up. And so I found, I finally found a, a doctor that would approve my rehab. Um, and once I came back, the biggest test for me was to be able to come back from that injury and still run a four two forty, Right. And I was able, I was able to do that. And I'm talking about rehabbing for 10 months, six hours a day, six days a week. Right. Um, and so I came back from that injury um and still had the speed, and despite being a starter, despite playing, as you can imagine, the relationship was just, I mean, it was just torn, right, right, between me and them. And so my high school coach said, look, I know a coach at Howard University, and they're actually putting defensive backs in the NFL. And I had a, I had an underclassman draft grade, but that coach, who, who was by the name of Keith Gilmore, I'll forever be thankful, mm-hmm. drove all the way from D.C., to, to Detroit to look wow. me and my mom in his face and said, look, I'll take care of your kid. If he transfers to Howard, I'll take care of your kid. And he did that. And I transferred to Howard um, 
you know, and was able to overcome that injury. And even though I didn't get drafted, one, I'm a Howard Bison, so you can't lose with that, right? And then two, <laughs> you know, I went on went on to the NFL and played four years and got my pension before I got hurt again. So now, now that's important. That um, first of all, I always when it's about relationships and people believing in you. I think that, and then you took it, you took advantage of a, of somebody believing in you, and that's the situation with him and going to Howard. So when you talk to young people about um, aspirations or uh, next level opportunities, what do you, because you do a lot of public speaking, what do you talk about? I always tell them, you know, it's funny, they look at me and I'm not this 6'5", 260 pound cat, right? You mm-hmm. know, I'm six feet, a buck 90. I'm an average dude. And so I always tell them, I say, look, there's nothing wrong with wanting to go to the NBA or the NFL, but two things you should realize. One, less than 1% of high school cats is making it that far, right? Mm-hmm. And so any anything that has a probability less than 1%, <laughs> it's probably not a good goal, right? Right. <laughs> um, that's, that's number one, right? Let's just look at the numbers. And then number two, all them cats that you see on Sunday, even me who looks like a regular guy, got something that you can't teach, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, something that you can't coach. That's something that God said, you know what? You know what, Jeff? I'm going to make you ridiculously fast. You know what? Um Jason Witten, I'm going to make you six foot six, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so when you factor that in, you know, that should be the backup plan, right? You mm-hmm. know, that should be the backup plan. But when you look at all these other professions that we can easily do if we apply ourselves, right, whether it's engineering, medicine, finance, economics, whatever it is, that just takes us applying ourselves, right? And and, and the probability to do that can be 100%, right? And so. Right. So often, so many of our young people are spinning their wheels, putting all their eggs in this NFL, NBA basket. And I got to tell them, you know, some of that's out of your control. Everything has to go right. It's just a really bad goal to have for a young minority, 16, 17-year-old, looking at these cats on TV every week. So, like I said, my degree is in mathematics, my minor is in sociology. And so, like I always tell people, you can't repo a degree. You know, once it's on that wall, can't nobody come. You got bad credit. Can we have a degree back? No, that's something that you can <laughs> right. that you can own up and you can uh, uh, and hang with ride with pride. And so, so, but getting young people who don't see it, don't see, you know, some some young people in the African American community, they never get out of the hood. They don't even know the other side of the hill, the other side of another zip code. That's the life that they see. So, so sometimes they're limited in their dreams. How does one reshape that? You said you came from Detroit and somebody pulled you out of Detroit and now you in, you love New York. Now you're in Philadelphia and you're, you're a bison, Howard bison forever. So that's a, that's a different leap from where you started. How do we, how do we help them get there? I'm always anxious to hear the different stories because I have my story. How, how do we help them out, Jeff? I think it's I think it's a few things, right? Um, one, I think you got to be self motivated, right? Um, I don't need anybody to motivate me, right? I want to make X amount of dollars. I want to launch this platform and grab four, ten percent, whatever it might be, market share from social social media platform, whatever it want, whatever it is. I got to be self motivated, right? And so right. that's something that I've always done. And then I think another thing, you know, many young people um, that look like us and come from similar backgrounds can do is use the negative stereotypes and use it as fuel, right? right? And so one thing for me growing up, people would always say, like, Jeff, you're really good, but you're not Division One football good, right? <laughs> right, right, um, right? You're really good, but, I mean, you're not NFL good. Or you're smart, but you can't get an Ivy League NBA, right? And mm-hmm. so 
what I've done, I think I've mastered the ability to take those negatives um, and those labels that people put on me and use it as fire. You know, I tell people all the time, yeah, I want to go to the NFL. Yeah, I idolize Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders. But the main reason I want to go to the NFL is because I had people in my own camp, people in my own family that was telling me, you ain't gonna, you're not good enough to do it, right? So I was self-motivated, and I was able to use um, the labels, the negative labels that everybody put on me, the stereotypes everybody put on me as positive fuel to, to, to take that leap. I love the I love that tone because that's that's how I I drive I I strive through that whole you know you can't stop me if, if somebody tells me no I always tell people I try to get it in front of I, I use a, a a driving analogy I try to keep my car in front of their bumper if they can't get around me they always gonna recognize my goal is to stay in front of your front bumper that's my goal and so if I stay in front of front of your front bumper all the time you are gonna eventually recognize me and have to acknowledge that I'm doing something successful. And if I'm doing something successful, you have to accept me and welcome me for my talents. And a lot of people don't understand that. And that's what you that's the philosophy you're saying. Somebody tell you no, you don't just walk away and go, Well, he told me I was dumb, or he told me I was unathletic, or he told me I was African American or black, or I'm in the hood, I'm gonna stay and die in the hood. You say, Hey man, who you talking to? That, that's not my value. That's not my system. That comes from something that your mom taught you, and that has to be very special. On the phone is my man. He's a, he's a Super Bowl champion. He won it with the New York Giants. He's the founder of the LCR. He has an MBA that he got from Columbia University. I'll be back more talking about uh, his life, uh, his risk management. He's handling money for people, big money. Money I might want to give to him a little bit there, but uh, we'll be right back with more money-making conversation. Enjoying it, man. This is life. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're back. I'm back. Excuse me. It means if I'm back, you're back. You're listening to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host. Uh, my next guest, who's on the line, and we talked to her, just finished a tremendous, uh, inspiring first break, uh, is Jeff Pope. He's been invited to speak at Harvard and several other institutions regarding entrepreneurship. And Money Making Conversation is about entrepreneurship. And you have what they call the LCR business model. What exactly is that, Mr. Pope? Yeah, so um, the LCR, which stands for Left Center Right, is a digital publication that shares unique perspectives from all different socioeconomic backgrounds and professional lines, right? And so the goal behind that um, is that basically, you know, multimedia is broken, right? It's a lot of fear-mongering. Um, it's extremely biased. And the folks, whether it's me, you, people from our communities, teachers, veterans, uh, formerly incarcerated individuals, um, even the folks on Wall Street, their opinions matter, and their opinions are essentially what's going to help us solve a lot of these tough social issues in our communities, right? And so what we've essentially done um, is attempted to take the narrative back from the the ratings, the mega news organizations, and give it back to the people. Um, and we, we've had a lot of success doing it. So how, do, how does one use that? You know, if, if, if I'm an individual, how does it sounds like an algorithm that gathers information correct um so not exactly an algorithm um it's, it's kind of old-fashioned the way we curate content so yes, we reach out to folks and then we also wow. allow folks to reach out to us okay. right and so um one thing that we've done is allowed our contributors to remain anonymous right and so um as, as i'm sure you know folks that don't work in politics or media you might have an opinion but you might be afraid, and rightfully so, of how your, your coworkers or how your family might respond to you, right? right. So we have some folks in some high places um, that have a lot on the line if their name was behind their perspective. At the same time, you know, we don't, we don't believe it's about keeping it real or, 
or selling out at the same time, offering a perspective that can be valuable to somebody else, maybe across the country, who feels the exact same way but hasn't identified with somebody to connect with, if that makes sense. Basically, uh, getting a person in a position to have an honest opinion about the situation versus the uh, quote-unquote opinion that we should they should be that we feel they should be saying about somebody so basically that's what you're saying right absolutely and it's also giving specifically it's for everybody um, but we're really targeting high school kids and college kids to give them an opportunity to weigh in on these issues right and so you know we had several school shootings over the past couple months Mm -hmm. um that's really the only time we stick a microphone in a high school kid's face right and Mm -hmm. ask them what do they think? But I talk to these kids every day. My team talks to these kids every day. And they have opinions on, you know, uh, teenage pregnancy and violence and cyberbullying and suicide. Why don't we get their opinions? Because the more, the more information that we're able to gather from them, the more we allow them to speak, the better decisions us, quote-unquote, adults can make, you know, whether it's legislative or it's, you know, school policy, whatever it might be, right? And so... Um, you know, academia, and rightfully so, you know, is kind of jumped on board, but we've got a lot <laughs> of great support from them. Um, and it's really, you know, we consider it a social enterprise because the more perspectives um, we're open to, the better decisions we make um, almost overnight, right? That's kind of what the science says. So that's the gist of what we're doing. This is amazing to me because, first of all, I, I don't, everybody should be on board, not just, uh, just uh, academia because of the fact that, you're saying you're talking to the source instead of the source being described by people who don't live that lifestyle. And so, yep. so that's really key to me. How did you come up with that? You know, I always look at people's lifestyle. You know, you say you come from Detroit. You said the hard parts of Detroit, single, single parent, and, you know, single mom raised by a single mom. Correct. Yep. yep. Okay. And then, uh, had a, a horrible injury in college. Uh, didn't get drafted. Uh, won a Super Bowl. And uh, got an MBA from an Ivy League school. How? Okay. What, 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 what's driving you? I'm just trying. I'm trying to make. I'm trying to make monumental change. <laughs> to be you, you, you understand I what mean, I'm saying? Well, you know what I'm I saying. Do, it's, I do. It's, it's, it's like okay, like I'm, I, 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 I've said a lot of things that should have shut you down along the way, according to the system. Of tough inner city background, that should have shut you down. You know, single mom, that should have shut you down. Injury in college, that should have shut you down. You know, not drafted by the NFL, that should have shut you down. So, you know, you went to an Ivy League school, that should have shut you down. You know what I'm saying? Not even getting in one. So I keep hearing these these layers where you told me earlier, Rashawn, what you're not going to do to me is tell me what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to show you what I can do. How can we bottle that, sir? How can we bottle that and 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 and, and sell it or, or pass it around so everybody can get a dose of Mr. Pope. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny, man. I was just speaking to some uh, high school kids last week who were kind of down on themselves in the inner city right here in Philadelphia. And I, and I told them, I was like, look, you got something that 99% of everybody wants, which is that dog, right? Which is that ability to overcome adversity, right? You might not see it today, but, you know, despite the violence in your community, despite the drugs, despite a broken home, you find a way to make it every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can if you can just figure out how to turn that around and, and use it as fuel and motivation, you, you'll take over. You'll be able to do anything you want to do. And that's something that I think, you know, big props to my mom and my grandma and my, my continuous network 
um, that pushes me to kind of want to achieve great things. I always have people, and I'm probably, I'm sure you can probably relate, but I always have people that say, man, you're killing this, you're doing that, you're doing that. And I always feel like I ain't doing enough. Right. I always feel like I'm behind, you know right. what I mean? So, right. you know, it's, 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 uh, I'm, I'm a pretty self-motivated dude. And I, I pushed that initiative literally throughout my whole network and it's reciprocated. And I, and I love it. I, I love it because of the fact that, uh, you, you are a younger version of me, you know, because of the fact that my friends always call me and, uh, they go, what city are you in, Rashawn? What city are you in? You know, and these are busy people and they always know that I'm, 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 I'm doing something that's not normal. And I have to bring that out. You know, after sometimes when you, you, you're a type of guy I know is not a guy who um, hangs on to a, a goal. Once you accomplish a goal, you move on to the next goal. And people like yep. you t- tend to be not satisfied because of the fact that you, you just, just take a step back, sir. Just take a step back and realize what God has given you the opportunity to accomplish. You need to do that periodically. I didn't do that, you know, as much as I should. That way you can better, better focus on where you're about to go with your next step because I only see greatness in your life because of the fact that you do, do, do not understand the word no. You do not understand the word I can't. You do not understand the word uh, why are you doing that. And I hate when people tell me, why are you doing that? Why, why? Why can't I? Why shouldn't I? You know, and so many people limit themselves through fear, and that's not part of your vocabulary. It's fear. And I and I go back to saying that your team, and tell us about the team that that, that, that keeps you going, that challenges you, that makes you be who you are today. Absolutely. So I, I got a great network. One is whom a mutual friend of ours, uh, Marquise Gaston, um, who is an NBA agent uh, based in, in the Washington, D.C. area. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I probably got about 10 to 15 friends like him mm-hmm. um, and completely different uh, hemispheres and lanes in life. I'm talking about the cat that's making – minimum wage and a substitute teacher mm-hmm. um, to the cat that just closed a $400 million deal. Right. It's right. like, I think the ability to grow an extremely diverse, unique network. And I'm talking about folks that are keep it real. I was joking with a, a couple of buddies and I was like, last thing I want to do is have a Kanye effect. Right. Which means I surround myself with a whole <laughs> bunch of yes people. Yeah. They can't tell me when I dropped the ball. Right. right. And so, mm-hmm. I've I've surrounded myself with a whole bunch of blunt people that are not afraid to tell me when I messed up, when I need what I need to do better, how I need to improve. And you know, they always say your network is your net worth, right? And I truly believe that, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's no point of me being part of somebody's network if I can't add value and vice versa, right? Because as much as people want to see me succeed, I want to see them succeed just as much, right? Right. Um especially when they look like me, because I know that grind, you know what I mean? So it's, it's really, it's really a testament to my network and the folks that, you know, continuously push me to do bigger and better things. Well, you know, the interesting part of it, the more I talk, the more I understand your brand. And, uh, and I, I would love to have you on my show once a quarter about money-making conversations in 2019. I'm putting together this tour called the influencers It's by unique people who are, share the stage with me and talk about they tell people their stories. And I really, it's so much more to your story because of the fact that you have such a clean understanding about hard work and success. And a lot of people don't get that. You know, what, what, who taught you that? Or what did you pick up those uh, little gems to understand that this is what I have to do to win? So it's funny. Um, I, I read a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I, I read a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I read a lot of history, but I read a, I read, I read a lot of biographies. Mm-hmm. I want to know, you know what I'm saying, how folks overcame hurdles, right? right. Whether it's Joe Lewis, right, or right. it's, you know, Barack Obama when he right. made it. Like, I want to know, right, because right. I can take a little piece of that and add it to my story, right? Mm-hmm. And so, one, I read a lot. I mean, I mean, I read a lot. I've fallen asleep often times with slobber on page 48, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Um, so I read a lot. That's one. And then two, um, you know, whether it's Marquise, as, as other people in my network, um, you know, we constantly just have sessions, just just brainstorming sessions, right? right? Where we get together and we say, look, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm at. You know, um, I was speaking to actually Marquise about a huge board commitment I got for the right. LCR. Mm-hmm. And I was overthinking it. I was saying, look, I don't think she's going to come on board. And before I could even get it out, uh, you know, on one of our calls, she said, how can I be involved? I got to be involved with this. Right. And so, you know, the ability to talk that stuff through with like-minded folks is, is invaluable. You know what I mean? So. Absolutely. I'm a man. um, I appreciate you. And uh, Gatson is a, is a good uh, person to, to have in my life. You know, he, he tells me how great I am and I sometimes don't understand it. But I, I just say thank you. Uh, I'm now you're part of my family, Mr. Pope. That means uh, once a quarter you got to talk to me, and I want you to be a part of my influencer campaign, okay? I appreciate it. I look forward to it. I really do. You need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great. They sound great, too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. So go to buyraycon.com slash iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash iHeart.